0: This is Reimagine Law, a podcast about legal education and careers to help students navigate their career choices. Hello and welcome to Reimagine Law. We're back after a short summer break uh, with a wonderful episode today uh, sponsored by BPP, which is all about how to fund your legal education. I'd like to introduce our two guests today. Hilary Chadwick, Head of Law at BPP in Waterloo, which offer a foundation uh, programme to convert to law. Now, Hilary has been a solicitor before coming into higher
1: education, where I think you've been for about 22 years now, Hilary. Welcome. Yes, that's right. 22 years, very long in the tooth when it comes to higher education, but thank you very much. That's what we like to hear. Thank
0: you. (laughs) Um, Also joining us today is Vicky Walden, um, who's Head of Law at BPP in Manchester um, and was a solicitor for 10 years before coming into higher education so a wealth of experience and knowledge. Uh, Welcome to you as well Vicky. Thank you very much. So I guess we should get cracking with our first question. Um, I'm really interested to know why both of you think this topic of legal funding is so important to discuss um, and why we're thinking about
2: it today. So I think it, it's particularly important with those who are, who are looking at a career in the law because there are so many multiple years of, of courses involved. So it doesn't begin and end with a law degree. Um, if you want to go on to be a solicitor or a barrister, you do have to do some postgraduate study. And, and we all know that, that study at a university is expensive now. So you've got those additional costs. Um, so it's best to be prepared for that. It's best to make sure that, um, that you've thought about that. And there are also a number of different ways that you can um, fund your legal education, both your undergraduate and your postgraduate study. And some of those things you need to be thinking about at quite an early stage, really. So we wouldn't want people to miss the boat on some of the options that can really help out with some of the costs. And it can be a a massive area of stress for people. Um, And so so really important to, to start thinking about it. There are also some options, which we'll mention, um, throughout the, the the session today that actually might mean that you don't have to pay the costs. so apprenticeships which I know is the subject of a subject of another podcast um, but, but really worth thinking about to avoid some of those costs so in a nutshell I suppose just to be aware and to really start thinking about it at an early stage. Yeah we've got um, at least one I think we've got two episodes on apprenticeships if you look
0: back through our, our back catalogue and, and see if there's anything there. Brilliant, thank you. Um, So crucial really that we're covering this. So let's go back and start with the idea of undergraduate law programs. Um, What options are are you aware of for
1: tuition fees and living expenses um, to help with those undergraduate courses? Um, so I'll take this question. So I think most of the listeners will be familiar with the student loan scheme, which is accessed via the student loan company. Um, it's a government backed scheme, and it provides you know, two forms of loan. It has the tuition fees loan, and those fees are paid direct to the university, but it also has um, an element that is the maintenance loan. And the amount that students can get very much depends on their circumstances. I mean, you're eligible for a maintenance loan, even if you're living with your parents, living away from home, there's more money available if you're living in London and you can even get Um, uh, an allowance um, if you're studying abroad. So if you're doing law with a language, then the student loan company will cover a maintenance loan for that uh, year abroad as part of your course. Um, You can also get through the student loan company uh, support towards your travel costs in certain circumstances um and you can also get an additional allowance if you have childcare costs if you have mental or physical health issues or if you have a learning support need such as dyslexia so that's the main one that i think most of your listeners will be familiar with but in addition to that you know you can get a bursary um you know often from a university. The advantage with a bursary is that you don't actually have to pay those back, but you'd need to apply directly to the university. And very often they they are there for the benefit of students who as parents may be on a low income. Uh, There are grants, so you can get a grant to study at university. Um, Some businesses offer grants and charities and local councils. So again, it's worth uh, taking the time to explore what's out there. And there are scholarships as well. So certain universities for certain courses will offer scholarships. So there's, there's quite a range of different things. And also, if you are at university, if you've started and you've accessed as many different uh, forms of funding as you can, um, but you still experience financial problems, then a lot of universities have what are known as hardship funds that you can access as well. So as a to, to fund your um or help you support in your undergraduate studies there's a range of different sources that are available and it's really worth taking the time to find out what's out there and if in doubt a really good source or a really good person you could ask is your mp interesting i wouldn't have thought of asking the mp uh, so
0: writing writing to your mp and getting some information um, Hilary, anyway, just to follow up on, on where to find out, obviously, um, if it's, uh, something offered by the individual university, then, uh, business can go to that university website and there might be some um, of course that aren't available to apply for to in that university um, is it is it just the student loan company website that um, people would go to, to to look at what loans are available
1: um, yeah so this yeah so definitely the student loan scheme go to that uh, the SLC student loan company website so it's a government website it's it's gov um gov.uk and that's got all the information, lots of drop down boxes and that's really where you'll find out what you're eligible for the amount that you are and if you can get extra funding as well. But it's also about taking time, uh, spending time really looking at other opportunities that are out there because obviously the student loan has to be paid back but um, you know, bursaries don't have to, grants don't have to, and scholarships don't have to be paid back. So there are other ways of funding your university education. It's worth investigating. And uh, having read a book recently about it, one of the recommendations was contact your local MP. So that's, that, was, that was my top tip for today. Mm -hmm.
0: love it that's a great tip thank you that's brilliant um all right so that's that's undergrad let's um let's move on to postgrad because we know that postgraduate law courses can be really pricey um the professional ones um what are the different options available to people
2: because um there's slightly more aren't they once we start to look at at postgraduate courses there really are i think and actually we we see this at bbp because we offer those postgraduate law courses and we see students you know with a huge variety of different types of profile in terms of their journey and how they're funded different aspects of the journey so um, really important for everyone to think about this for, for themselves and, and what would suit them and their particular circumstances so taking up first of all where hillary left off um, the student loans company in recent years and this has only happened in, in the last few years and um, the student loan company Um, has been providing um, loans for master's qualifications, including um, the LLM, so a master in laws. So what BPP have done in response to that, and and other institutions as well, is they have made their postgraduate courses, their law courses that you would need to do to qualify as a solicitor or barrister into master's programmes. So that's involved a little bit of extra extra work perhaps as a bit of an extra project on the end all very very relevant and focused though to the profession that you're involved but that opens up and unlocks if you like access to a student loan company loan for your postgraduate study so at the moment those loans are up to £11,836 increases a few hundred pounds a year as, as you might expect and you mentioned before that they're expensive courses that won't quite cover the cost of, of your course, but we're, we're talking certainly outside of London, we're talking a small, a small additional amount that you would have to find yourself. But they're a really good option. The take up has been huge. So we're seeing more than 50 percent of our students um, coming to us that, that are taking taking that loan. Um, so a really, really good option and, and some really good master's courses out there, which include the professional qualification wraps up. Interesting. My
0: uh, my postgraduate course wasn't a master's, and I would have uh, done
2: anything to have been able to extend it slightly and make it one. So I'm so glad to hear that that's happened now. That's great. Yeah, absolutely. I and mean, there's also the benefit, of course, of it of it being a master's. So you're getting that master's qualification, which is which is fantastic. If you're going to do postgraduate study, then you know really that's what you should be aiming for.
0: Um, so we mentioned um
2: briefly about
0: scholarships earlier. Are they available um for postgraduate courses?
2: Yes, absolutely.
1: And um, as far as uh, scholarships are concerned, you know, I'll talk about internal scholarships within BPP, but also external scholarships. And again, that's a very important uh, piece of the jigsaw. So, you know, Possibly by the time you are heading onto your postgraduate studies, you've decided whether you would like to be a barrister or whether you prefer to be a solicitor. So there's those two branches of the profession. So if you're a barrister, if you choose to go down that route, then you need to join an Inn of Court and the Inns of Court are very wealthy institutions and they have an awful lot of scholarships available. Millions of pounds worth of scholarships um, are available. I should say a scholarship fund of many million pounds, you know, to be correct, but they have lots of money available and, um, you know, anybody, a prospective barrister, may want to apply to one of the Inns of Courts and access uh, funds from their scholarship fund. They also have uh, scholarships that are uh, relating to uh, particular judges, so I'm thinking in particular of the Lord Denning Scholarship, one of my favourite. So um, that's for the barristers. At BPP we also have um, a competition called Advocate of the year which we run uh, nationally for students who are aspiring barristers and uh, we offer a scholarship to the winner of that so uh, there are regional heats and the finals take place at the old bailey in london so that's a fun thing to do anyway and good to put on your cv but again it can generate uh, a scholarship then we have um we also have other advocacy scholarships based on your application, you know, based on an individual's application um, to join BPP. Now, what we offer for both solicitors and barristers jointly are at BPP, are career commitment scholarships, and some full fee scholarships. Now, those career commitment scholarships, obviously, um, they are looking at individuals who have demonstrated some commitment to a legal career already. So if you've done pro bono work at the university, or if you've worked in volunteering, or you've done some charity work, well, there's demonstration of leadership skills. So those are career commitment scholarships that we have. We also have full fee scholarships. It's not that easy to say but we have a number of full fee scholarships at BPP and again those are for people who demonstrate um, skills over and above um other applicants but it's not just about academics in fact it's very much about widening participation so it's looking for um future it's looking for future leaders and we're looking for people you know who have um, overcome obstacles um to get to the point where they are in their legal career journey Um, so there are as i say a number of full fee scholarships that we offer not based on academics, based on other um, other factors that we take into consideration. Um. There are also external uh, scholarships available for those who wish to go down the solicitor route, so for example the Law Society has a diversity access scheme and there's another organisation called Aspiring Solicitors that BPP has a link to, and that provides scholarships if you meet their eligibility requirements. there's a patchwork of scholarships and you may get a bit of a scholarship from the Inns of Court, you may get another one from us uh, from BPP towards your studies, so it's not you don't just have to focus on one, it's about you know spreading the net wide and getting a range of different scholarships to piece together to help you with your funding.
0: just uh, on that point of widening participation, just in case listeners haven't heard that phrase before, we uh, we mean by that, don't we? Uh, people who come from backgrounds that perhaps aren't traditionally or are represented in the profession in the in the sort of majority way. So, how do we encourage diversity into the to the profession?
1: Absolutely, and we're really looking to you know hear those stories from care leavers, people who've got caring responsibilities, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So, you know, they are a really important part of the legal community and we want to help and support them at BPP.
2: I'd really encourage people not to count themselves out as well I think you know we speak to a lot of students who think well I've not had really significant hardship or I'm not doing really fantastically academically have an explore of what is out there in terms of the scholarships because there's such a wide range that you might just find something where you can you can tick a good number of the boxes
0: yeah I I mean from a personal experience I wouldn't have gone to bar school without my middle temple scholarship that I sorry middle temple is one of the the four inns of courts um but without that scholarship and you know I fell off my chair with delight when it came I think. um and, and Hilary you just mentioned aspiring solicitors I just want to let listeners know that um uh, we had a guest uh, from aspiring solicitors on the episode that we've got called diversity and inclusion in the solicitors profession so if you're thinking of, of looking on their website to apply for the scholarship it's uh, a good idea to have a listen to that episode and get a good flavor of the background of
2: the organization
0: So um, I know sponsorship is another area. I don't know whether you're able to say a bit towards that, Vicky.
2: Absolutely. And actually, this is the route I took and this is how I... Was able to fund my and um, postgraduate legal education. So, when we talk about sponsorship, what we're talking about really is a is a law firm um, paying for your course. So, paying for that postgraduate course, possibly paying maintenance as well. So, paying a sum of money to help towards your your bills that that year whilst you're whilst you're doing the study. And then they also provide you with the period of training that you need. So, in my case, it was a, a training contract under the old LPC or sort of current and old tra- LPC training contract system. But lots of firms are doing exactly the same thing for the SQE assessments and qualifying work experience, um, which is a new route for solicitors. So it's it's obviously an absolutely fantastic um, way to fund your legal education. You don't have to put your hand in your own pocket at all, and you're going to get a little bit just to help with those living costs as well, plus that guaranteed job at the end of it for, for that training that you need. So it's 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 job done really once you once you get offered that because you you've, you're covered then all the way until the point of qualification. And they're really competitive. Um, There are some out there. I mean, I I had one interview and one offer out of numerous applications. So I counted myself very lucky and I think uh, almost fell off my chair as well when I when I got that news and they're competitive. People can apply for them quite early on. So they tend to these law firms tend to target people in their penultimate year of a law degree or their final year of a non-law degree so again a a real reason to think about this early on because you don't want to miss the opportunity you don't want to miss the boat with those types of options and don't be discouraged if you if you aren't successful in, in those applications as I say it's highly competitive and we have lots and lots of students who come to us that don't have Um, that in place, um, and they go on to secure the training they need and and qualify as lawyers. But obviously, it's a really great option, really worth a a really significant um, look at that before you are, um, you know, whilst you're doing your degree. Not quite the same for, for those who want to be barristers. The barristers' chambers work very differently. And there's just a couple who have started to offer a similar kind of sponsorship package, but they are very, very few and far between. Um, but do your research, have a look and, and see what's around. I think it's worth mentioning as well at this point the apprenticeships. So that they're not technically sponsorship in the way I was explaining but effectively it works in a similar way you get a law firm to uh, give you an apprenticeship you work for them and you study at the same time you're achieving the same thing overall really you're achieving that, that qualification that you need plus the, the workplace training but it's done in a uh, in the framework of a formal apprenticeship but again you're not going to have to pay those those course fees yourself so a really good and quite similar option to think about um, and there's apprenticeships for for graduates and also for for school leavers as well so you can get an apprenticeship that would cover that law degree portion of your your studies as well
0: and if you want to listen to the episode on apprenticeships um, it's one we recorded quite early on um, and it's called apprenticeships the surprise for the old school so uh, we've got an apprentice who comes onto that episode and explains it in more detail if, if anyone's interested
1: Um, Are there any other
0: options um, that you have for postgraduate study, Hilary?
1: As Vicky mentioned earlier, Um, Even with the funding from the student loan company and maybe a few scholarships from here and there, you won't necessarily um, be able to cover all the costs because these postgraduate qualifications and possibly uh, the cost of living is going to be quite expensive. So there is another alternative maybe to top up um, what you've already got and that is to go uh, to a commercial lender. Um, There are organisations that um, specialise in giving academic loans. So for example, there's one called Lendwise and there's another one called Future Finance, but I'm sure that other ones are available. And you can also go to your bank and ask for an educational loan. So those are, the, those are um, commercial loans that are available, but obviously you'll be paying back um, the loan at a commercial rate, but there are other options. And it may be that you only need a small loan to build on what else you've got.
0: Really interesting. And thank you for telling everyone the title to go to the banquet as well if they need to. Um, That's brilliant. So we've talked about quite a lot of options today. Is there any particular order that uh, people should consider those options in?
2: I very much think that it it will be different for different people. and, And it's certainly something that you need to think about in the round. So revisit each option. And also, of course, think about you know, how you can perhaps reduce those costs or add to them yourself, you know, add to the, the money available yourself through, through part-time work, maybe it's a gap year, maybe you're going to live with parents, so keep all of that in mind, but I think really crucial, don't miss out on the possibility of sponsorship from a law firm or a legal apprenticeship if you want to be a solicitor, do your research, have a look what's available, so make sure you've, you've considered that, um, then of course don't miss out on the scholarships, um, so, so that's probably your next step. They come probably slightly later in the, in the process when they're available. Um, and then from there, it's a case of weighing up. Am I eligible for the student loan company loan? What are the rates? When will I have to pay it back? And, and compare that with um, private borrowing. But as Hillary said, in reality, you may well end up with a combination here, but, but crucially, don't miss out on those opportunities for somebody else to pay for your legal education.
1: And I would say, don't give up, you know, keep applying, Um, really give. Um, employability it's your future career really give it the time and space that it deserves because it's so important um, that as Vicky says you don't you, you look at everything that's available and you don't miss out so for example the scholarships that the Inns of Temple offer so if you want to go down that barrister route you know the deadlines of um, I think it's the first Friday in November so that deadline comes around very very quickly so it's important to to be ready, get yourself a notebook, write down what options are available, think about everything very, very carefully, Uh, think about who you're going to use as your referees and look beyond, you know, the student loan company, the scholarships and everything. As I I said earlier, you know, reading in in a book um, that uh, a student contacted their MP who was able to support them and look for different sources of funding so it's, there's lots of funding and support out there that needs to be tapped into brilliant and that leads us so beautifully on Hilary to tips and tricks
0: <laughs> I'm really interested to hear um, you've, you've given us such a wealth of knowledge but what what's any other tips and tricks that you might have around this subject that you're able to to share with with
1: our listeners? Well I suppose really it's you know as I've said giving it the space and time and importance that it deserves because it's all very well doing your law degree at university but it's then you know it does take a lot of time to actually qualify and be in a position to um you know to actually earn uh, a good a good uh, living as a law- lawyer you know be it a solicitor or a barrister so I think you know really looking at all the options available not giving up so keep knocking at the door and uh you know really putting some effort into it because it's not going to come to you you've got to go out there and find it that's so interesting And we
0: actually say that in relation to so many things on this podcast so it's a nice a nice one uh vicky do you have any tips or tricks that you want to share
2: yeah, I think I'd echo what Hilary said, and, and just to add to that, I think what we tell, often tell undergraduate students is that they should be treating this as another module. That's how much time and significance they should be giving to sort of their legal future in general, you know, and then the funding of it is part of all of that research that, that will be being done. And, um, you know, make sure that you're taking opportunities to do part-time work to do other things that might help with your cv and from a funding perspective of course the the better position you can you can um, end your undergraduate degree in the better start you're going to have from a financial perspective with your postgraduate study and beyond
0: Um, And um, just in relation to um, references, Alice, does need to consider references at all when they're applying for any of these options? Or are references something that are quite separate?
1: I think that will depend on what, you know, what route you're going down so you know it may be for the ends of court that you do need to provide a reference Um, certainly for our uh, career commitment scholarship we're not looking for references there we're looking for examples of why you uh, meet the criteria and actually um, another point you know you once you start asking for top tips they're kind of you know they start coming into my mind but you know read the questions carefully so if you're if you're filling out an application form make sure that you're reading the questions carefully and you're answering them you're answering the question you're asked Um, we do at BPP we have a lot of employability webinars um, and I would encourage listeners to come along and see what we offer Um, you can contact law outreach at bpp.com for a full list of what we have but we do have lots of sessions on looking for a training contract on how to fund uh, your legal education and so on so you know we have a, a great wealth of um uh, of webinars to support people when they're looking at their career and how to fund it that's brilliant that there's open access webinars for, for everybody and
0: we'll definitely make sure that we put that email address in the show notes as well for listeners Lovely. Well, do you know what, as we wrap up this this episode and start to think um, about how we can support you in in your uh, journey to get funding, I can only think of really one or two actions to to set you. Um, uh, One of those would be, you know, if there are free webinars, go to them, especially if they're, you know, they're online and you can access them from anywhere. So please do tap into that wonderful resource that BPP has. Um, And secondly, you know, go online and do the research. You know, At the very least, check out the student loan company website and the institution that you're hoping to study at and see what scholarships or options are open to you. Um, Well, I think that probably brings us to a conclusion. Uh, My very great thanks to both Hilary and Vicky for sharing such wisdom with us today. Um, And I think we should say to listeners that, you know, we know that applying for funding and funding legal education is hard and time consuming but there are options available to you and we really would encourage everybody um, regardless of if they don't think they've got the means to give it a go and to look at these options because um, the legal profession uh, needs good talent and it needs good talent from all backgrounds and all um, different um, uh, all sorts of people in different economic um, situations as well um so just another uh, shout out to say that uh we love to hear from our listeners so please do follow us on linkedin if you want to send us a direct message on linkedin with any ideas that you have for episodes uh, that would be really great to, to hear from you and then we can shape our podcast in the way that suits you um best uh, we have a nice series a nice program coming up for you this autumn um so we look forward uh, to touching base again with you soon thanks so much for listening